This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Well, this morning, the GTA and beyond, we were transfixed by a dramatic rescue that played out live over the airwaves. A young woman somehow climbed up a crane and got stuck hundreds of feet up overnight. In the dark, apparently, we're not sure exactly when. The rescue involved dozens of emergency services workers and a huge amount of resources. Rob Wanfor is the man who successfully executed this dazzling feat. He's a captain. He climbed up there carrying lots of heavy equipment and then rappelled down after harnessing himself to her. Here's some of what he had to say afterwards. Yeah, I was voluntold you're going up, and uh, so I've been on 22 years, so I do I do a lot of rope work with trees and that, so um, yeah, plus a bit of a monkey, so they thought you're the guy, right? <laughs> well, I think that's a pretty low-key response. He must have been exhausted after that. Now, uh, we want to know what you think of that. I mean, it was this huge spectacle with hundreds of people on the street watching. Uh, but again, uh, it was something that used up a lot of resources. What What do you think of what she did? I mean, what she did was pretty amazing as well. And do you think she should get the bill for this? I mean, this is going to be thousands of dollars of taxpayers' money. So I'd like to hear from you the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free one. 1- 866-744-740. And right now, let's go to Toronto Fire Chief Matthew Pegg. Hello. Hi, good afternoon. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Well, uh, you quoted one of your senior officers saying, there's no textbook on this, but I think we just wrote it. Yeah, absolutely. That was a comment made to me by one of our captains as we left the uh, the little scrum there once uh, once Rob and our, our patient were down on the ground, and that's what he said to me as he walked past. I, I couldn't agree more. Right. So how would uh, you have prepared? I mean, the other uh, incredible thing about this is that you switched game plans. You know, while they were up there, you changed your mind about how you were going to get them down. Right. So these we, we refer to these types of situations as technical rescues, and I think that's aptly named in that, they're, they're very complex, and they're, they're very fluid, if you will. So when our crews arrive, um, as with any incident we do, but certainly with this, there's a, there's a size-up of the incident you know, completed. Uh, they look at this, the conditions and the circumstances and everything, you know, everything affecting um, or that could potentially affect a successful outcome. From there, there's a, an incident command process set up and an incident action plan established. But like we saw today, um, in any technical rescue, things change very quickly. So the original plan was that we would we would have our firefighter ascend the crane and then descend down, uh, make contact with the patient and secure her in a harness. So that, that of course, happened. But once um, once we got there and in, in uh, communication with 
the rescuer with the patient, um, our colleague from Toronto Police who is up on the crane and the crane operator. Originally, the plan was that, that the crane operator would simply lower lower them to the ground. Once they were on, uh, a rescue was there and they were, they were you know, connected together, uh, there were some concerns expressed about the fact that to do that would result in a lot of moving cables and pulleys and may actually be a fairly unstable platform. So um, live time, the decision was made that it would be safer for the rescuer and the patient to simply bring them down on the rescue rope all the way down to the ground. And of course, that change was made. It was approved by our incident command team, and that's that's what we saw unfold. And uh, again, uh, is is this type of an exercise called that? Is that going to be helpful? I mean, we have more and more buildings going way up in the sky, and uh, you know, it, it, it's easy to think that there might be, you know, not situations exactly like this, but but something similar. And you know, what happens if there's a fire very high up? We- I couldn't agree more. One, one of our one of the the challenges in Toronto, of course, is we're a very vertical city and getting increasingly vertical. So the the vertical nature and all of the the challenges of that 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 pose from an emergency response perspective is something we take very seriously. And that's that is leading us. We we continually evaluate our capabilities against the risks that are faced. So this you know while this particular rescue off off the end of a of a live crane, if you will, is unique. It's not, it is something we train for. Um, not necessarily that specific incident, but once this is done, our crews will go through a post-incident analysis. We'll review the action plan, identify any lessons learned, and then that will roll into into future training and future deployment methodologies. So ultimately the goal being successful outcome today, how can we get, how can we get even better next time? Mm-hmm. So uh, if, if nothing else, it was worthwhile as a training exercise? Yeah, we're we're always learning. I mean, every incident, no matter how minor or how how major, is something that we learn from. So that's that's part of the the close of the business cycle, if you will, from the emergency response perspective, is to make sure that we don't miss the opportunity to learn lessons. Uh, I'm going to give the numbers out again because I'm sure our listeners have uh, quite a lot to say about this, especially that whole issue of all the resources that mm-hmm. were used uh, by this young woman. And, uh, you know, presumably the, the police knew enough about this to put the cuffs on her as soon as she got down. So the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And uh, Chief Peg, who would decide if she is going to be sent a bill and uh, when would that decision be made? So that's, uh, that's something that will, it's not our normal process, as you know. Toronto Fire Services is, is funded by the city and these are services we provide within the city of Toronto. So if that consideration is given, uh, I would expect that that would be the result of some discussion at City Hall, but certainly nothing that, nothing that has happened at this point, but... Uh, I know that question's being asked, so I look forward to having uh, you know a follow-up discussion. And th- these are incidents that I always brief the deputy city manager and city manager on. So, in accordance with normal process, I'll brief that. And if there's any follow-up action, I, I would think to answer your question, it would, that decision would ultimately come from City Hall. Right. Do you have any idea how much this thing cost? I don't. We at this point in time, we haven't we haven't actually done a, an incident costing, if you will. There are no there are no costs beyond you know no extraordinary costs. Um, we're dealing with these are on duty crews and on duty staff using on duty resources. So nothing over and above what our normal service delivery is to the residents of the city of Toronto. 
but um, we there was about 24 firefighters deployed. Wow. Uh, 24 firefighters, uh, a district chief, a platoon chief, and myself. So about 27 of our of our personnel were, were on scene throughout the duration of that incident. Wow. Um, wow. It, this is really quite something. Do, uh, do you know anything more about this woman that you can share with us? I don't. Um, it's the... The circumstances around the the origin of the incident, if you will, really really lie with my colleagues at Toronto Police. So our, our responsibility from fire's perspective is to, to successfully make the rescue. And like we saw uh, live and on live TV, uh, she was then transferred into the care of paramedics and then over to Toronto Police. So I'll leave it with my colleagues in police to uh, to figure out all of the the circumstances that led us to the incident this morning. Uh, Chief Peg, I'm, I'm going to take a couple of calls, but first, just one more thing I, I want to ask you about the whole business about uh, vertical rescues. I mean, this this mm-hmm. young woman is obviously very young, very fit, uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm, I'm imagining that, you know, a lot of people who live in apartments or condos are older and uh, have mobility issues. Right. So, I, I mean... Important to note that we're dealing, you know, we're talking about two very different sets of circumstances. You know, a high angle rescue off the end of the crane, very significantly different than the challenges our firefighters face in high rise buildings. We, we're, we're well equipped. Toronto Fire is well equipped to respond um, at the vertical level, and that, that training is continuing. Um, it, it's a continuing priority for us. So there, there are a lot of, a lot of uh, techniques available to us when we're dealing with high rise responses. Oftentimes, that's about a methodology that we refer to as protect in place. Not always do we need to take people out of the buildings, and oftentimes they're safer staying in their in their suites as long as they're not subjected to any uh, any imminent risk. So, again, like you saw today, those decisions during times of fire or other rescue in, in tall buildings, that's part of the incident uh, command decision-making process that happens at that point. Okay. Uh, I believe one of our callers has a question for you, Sam in Brantford. Hi, Sam. Yes. How are you doing, Libby? Fine. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, just uh, this morning, I walked by a construction site here in Brantford, and they have a crane that is uh, uh, three or 400 feet up in the air. And what they have in this location is they have um, some sort of a framework around the base of this crane. So there's a locked door at the bottom. So anybody that wants to get up on this crane has to be able to open up the, the, the locked, it's almost like a locked framework around the base of this crane. Does this crane in particular that this lady climbed up on, does that have a lockable feature like this in Brantford? In Toronto, you mean? Yeah, but I mean like the one in Brantford here. Was the, was the crane secured, Chief? Um, not, I actually don't know. I didn't actually get close enough to the base of the crane to to make that assessment. And well, maybe, be... maybe this is what they should, uh, you know, the, when they make the suggestion as to why, how she got up there, maybe every construction site should have this framework. It's almost like a, uh, a cage all the way around, and it's made out of, uh, you know, two-by-fours or two-by-six, whatever, and then plywood on the outside exterior. It's about 10 feet high with a single door at the bottom. And whoever whoever wants to get up into the crane has to have a key to this particular door. Well, that's an interesting thought, Sam. Okay. Thanks for that. I want to say that uh, every every crane construction site should have uh, this framework of the crane locked so that nobody can climb up there without having the key to this door. Okay. Thanks, Sam. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And uh, Chief Pegg, is that going to be part of the investigation to see uh, if everything was okay with the way that site was set up? Yeah, I'm confident that that our colleagues at Toronto Police will look at uh, at all of the 
the circumstances surrounding this incident, including the, the security of the site and the access to the crane. Okay. Um, let's just take one more call here. We've got Hillary in Toronto. Hello, Hillary. Hello, and how are you, Libby? Fine. How are you? Good. I do think that she should be responsible for all costs of this. As we all know, construction sites are not safe. We're all told to stay away from them. She risked the life of a firefighter, not to mention all the other people who were taken away from the jobs to do it. And if she is responsible and pays for all this, you can be rest assured other people won't try the same thing in the future. Hmm. I, I suspect she might some, become some kind of folk heroine. I mean, the the uh, Captain uh, Wanfor said that he wants to find out how she got there and that uh, he he may emulate that that uh, whatever she did. Well, and this is true, but the fact that she did it in the middle of the night tells you she knew she shouldn't have done it in the first place. But she was no worse for wear when they pulled her down this morning. Yeah, that was she was amazingly composed. The rescuer said that that he was calm because she was calm. Yeah. Anyway, Hillary, thanks for that. You're welcome, Libby. Bye bye. Bye bye. Um, and uh, yes, Chief, just as we leave, I mean, uh, it was extraordinary on this young woman's part too, as well, right? It was. She was. Um, she was remarkably calm and and very cooperative and like. Uh, like Rob said throughout his, uh, you know, his interaction with her, she was very cooperative, um, made made his job, I guess, as easy as it could possibly be. So that uh, that certainly assisted in contributing to a successful rescue. Okay, uh, Chief Matthew Pegg, thank you so much, and congratulations on what looks to be a really brilliantly executed rescue. Yeah, thank you. I, I couldn't be more proud of the the women and men at Toronto Fire, and this is just another example of uh, how well prepared we are as a city. Absolutely. We're proud, too. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.